ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Team Dave is champions at last. Plus, no one can throw a chalk bomb. Massive corn maze at night equals very scary. Production gets a standing ovation from this historian. Anissa goes out of badass bananas. Gets a big resume-boosting elimination win. 200 bricks decide the winner. And could this 100-hour thing really have been like 50 or maybe 30 hours? We will decide. It's the challenge. Ride or Die season finale recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me this evening as we have done it. We collectively, all of us, we've made it. We've seen it all. We've gotten to the end. Ride or Dies is complete not counting the two-part reunion, of course, but the season itself, 19 episode in the books. Champions have been crowned. Devin and Tori, congrats are in order. What wonderful champions. We will get to them, of course, in a plenty of discussion about them here coming up in a minute, as well as the rest of episode 19. Before we do dive in, a couple quick programming reminders. This week, it's only this Ride or Dies recap that you're listening to right now. So that's all on the docket for this week. Next week, we're going to have that Ride or Dies season recap coming next Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday morning, like pretty much first thing in the morning. It will be out, which I know we will have not seen the reunions yet, but we're doing the season recap to give you a little behind the scenes here. I've got uh, my brother's wedding next week. I am traveling all week. Big life event going down. So I'm going to be a little out of commission, so we're going to get that recorded and out there Wednesday morning. Then the following week, if the reunion, both once we've watched both episodes are good, we will do a recap of that on a Friday because next week, Ride or Dies, full season recap. The following Wednesday, we will have the World Championship preview. We got our first, I guess they want to call the teaser clip. We got a 30-second clip of Danny during the first daily challenge, I guess, of the new season. And that's a teaser, I guess. Like, it was amazing to see Danny again, but it was just like, it's this random clip of just him doing uh, 30 seconds worth of a daily challenge, which, you know, um, could I get a bigger, longer teaser? I'm guessing we will get a bigger, longer trailer once they have debuted the UK and Argentina seasons and can show us 
everyone that's in the World Championship cast. So I am guessing by two weeks from right now, which will be one week out from the debut of the season, that we will have gotten an official trailer and all of that good stuff. So that re- or that recap, that preview will be one week before the launch of that season, which then de- airs on Wednesdays. We will have those recaps up on Wednesdays. I don't know what time it comes live on Paramount Plus. Then what time we'll record? We'll get to that later. So just one pod this week. Next week, the Rider Dies recap, just the one pod. The following week, Rider Dies reunion recap, somewhere in there, if we need to do it, if it's worth recapping or talking about, and the Challenge World Championship preview. And then, of course, something on Challenge UK, if and when we get to watch it here on Paramount Plus, and if it's worth covering, and how many episodes it deserves, whatnot. We might just binge it all, do a couple back-to-back days, episodes, whatnot. So that's all coming in the future. As for tonight, episode 19, Rider Dies is complete. Let's dive into it. For the storyline discussion, we're just going to go right through the episode stage by stage here. It was uh, it was unexpected 90-minute episode. Thought we were you know on that 60-minute train, which means now this final with only four teams that made the final took up four hours, three episodes, four hours worth of time, which is uh, which is a lot. I'm glad, uh, you know, like I said last week, I'm glad we saw the whole thing. We see, I think we saw all the stages. Who knows? Question on that coming in a minute. But uh, yeah, did it need to be four hours if there's only four teams? You know my thoughts if you've listened the last couple of weeks. Let's start off with the helicopter game. They all do really, really bad. Devin does really, really good. He's the only one that does really, really good. And so Devin and Tori reclaim their lead immediately and reclaim the advantage immediately. They are well on their way to essentially sweeping this final. Let's be honest. They only lost one thing on the way, you know, through the first two episodes of what we've seen and however many hours they're claiming it's been. Um, So they're just dominating. Devin is the only one who could throw a chalk bomb. looks like it's fun to ride around in the helicopter, but that's all I've got about that. Next thing, before we talk about the reveal of the whole arena and the running through the maze, the timing of all this. This is the only time I'm going to talk about it, but we'll just quickly talk about it here. They wake up from, you know, sleep that we assume they get them up relatively early. Maybe they don't get them up at, you know, the 6, 7 a.m. like normal, but they get them up sometime in the morning. They do the helicopter thing, which only three teams have to go up there. It doesn't take that long. And then they go on a run, I guess, for like seven hours, because when they're done running, it's nighttime again. Like it, it somehow it goes, they wake up, who knows, seven, eight in the morning, do the helicopter thing, and then they go for a run, and suddenly it's seven, eight at night again, and it's dark. I, I don't know if there was more between that time, if they actually ran all that time, if they just kind of got to stop at some point and sit around and wait for it to get dark, and we're told, like, hey, it'll be worth it, it's going to be really cool, I swear. You know, throughout this whole final, there's large gaps in the time missing, um, especially in this episode, back-to-back days. It's like, we wake up and it's morning, and then we the next thing we see is them getting ready to do something once it's dark again. So, like, do they literally just sit there all day long waiting for it to be dark these final two days in reality could everything that they did like how much time did they actually spend in action doing the final of that hundred hours was it like 12 was it 20 was it 25 30 like i i truly wish that we could know this um but you know it just is what it is it just feels like though this hundred hour 
was it's a cool idea. It's cool to have the moment, the reveal, and that's about it. Otherwise, it feels like a waste. It feels like a waste of money from the production side. Like it's a lot of money to do all all this setup, all the cameras, all the staff, everything for four days versus one and a half or whatnot. It could have been. Um, yeah, it just feels like this could have been two days other than four. That's the last I'll mention of that. Let's move to the reveal and the run to the maze, the next big section. The reveal is super fucking cool. Like, legitimately had me, like, I know we basically seen it in the, you know, next time on and the previews and everything, but it was so fucking cool. And uh, their faces, like, they did an amazing job with the camera work of the whole thing, the overhead drone shots, the camera work of the cast members, the cast members' reaction to all of it, how well the cast could, like, see from their vantage point the whole thing without, you know, giving away the maze. The whole thing was designed beautifully. It was incredible. I thought it was just unbelievable to look at and you know they're on season you know eight or nine at this point plus all the all-star seasons of trying to make this thing look like some big cinematic masterpiece some big action movie at times and i've definitely had my issue with that of like this isn't worth the money you're spending on it like just give the people that we need in the cast more of that money or whatever it's fine this one 100% was worth it. They did it. They pulled this off. It looked incredible. Standing ovation for the entire production design and everyone who worked on building this final set and the lighting and the camera work and everything. It was unbelievable and incredible in that moment of the reveal of it and the cast reaction everything. It was really, really great. So hats off to them. I know I am hard on different parts of the production team at times, but the design team is certainly one uh, that does not catch any flack from this historian very often, if ever, and certainly gets its fair share of ovations, and this one is a complete standing ovation. Speaking of that maze, they then have to run through it. They run through the maze. I think that none of them seem to be any bit scared, which, you know, I don't know if their adrenaline's going, million dollars, TJ's talking over the headset or the loudspeakers, whatever, but if that's me, I don't know, it just looks really scary. And it, I had the thought of it, maybe just because I was being a baby and being like, oh, that looks scary. I had the thought of what if they did make like a little twist, like was this cornfield was haunted and they had people jump out and scare the contestants while running through the maze. That seemed like it would be cruel, but uh, just my scared brain went to like, what if they actually did that? That also would maybe be kind of funny and entertaining and horrible for those who have already been through enough trauma on this season to face that during their final 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 part of the final challenge um they run through the maze it's not just scary shit it looks really really hard uh it look, it's a lot of running it's a pretty endurance heavy run through that maze the maze is very large very windy they don't have to backtrack a ton it seems like you know it's pretty straightforward as far as figuring out that like you're gonna run in you know you're gonna kind of go 50 50 every chance you get to go right or left One's going to be wrong. The other one's going to be right. You go through like six or seven of those, but it's a lot of running to get through all of it. So it's very, looks very difficult. And it also turns out to be the most important moment of the whole final, the whole final. It all kind of in a way comes down to this. We have two of these moments this episode, but I think this one ultimately decides the winner of this whole thing because First off, I'd love to know what the true times are. I'd love to know if Devin and Tori were the fastest from camp to the center or if, you know, how much or if they pulled a Wes versus Brad on the duel and they only got there first because of whatever couple of minute advantage they had in starting first. So whether securing that advantage, that time advantage going in was the difference in them getting there first, avoiding elimination or getting there second. I would love to know what their true times were. 
it's it's impossible to tell with the edit and then you know Devin has the incredible rubbing it into nani and bananas of if it makes any consolation we've been here a long time which he seems sarcastic but also i'm like you've probably been there longer than like you probably were the fastest even without the advantage um so the reason i say this is decides the whole thing because if bananas and nani can get there first if they would have maybe had the advantage and that would have gotten them first either way if they get there first jordan and anisa beat devin and tori in this balls in game right i was trying i was i that was my first instinct just because i was like well jordan is beating devin and has a good shot to like clean sweep like score every time and possibly tackle and stop devin every single time I don't know. Devin might be able with these new rules, which I'm glad they explained the rules. We'll talk about that this in a moment, but you know, I'm glad they explained them. And uh, but I don't know. I think Jordan sweeps Devin in it possibly, and then Anissa versus Tori, especially with Anissa on the bum ankle. I'm like Tori might be able to sweep back, but their friends besties going against each other that impacts it in a little bit, and it's just getting inside the circle. So even with Tori being a beast. Like, Anissa still would have been able to just, like, I'm just going to run forward, and I'm bigger and stronger, and so, like, I we I can fall into this ring at least one of these times and get one single point. Even if I don't stop you at all, if Jordan can sweep and I can just get to the ring one single time, I think they win, right? And if those two win, if they beat Devin and Tori, obviously Devin and Tori don't win the whole thing, but then Bananas and Nani almost certainly do, because even if they fuck up, I feel like they beat Anissa and Jordan in that final elimination thing, because the communication issues would have been just as bad, if not way, way worse, between Jordan and Anissa. So I feel like this is the moment where Devin and Tori actually win, is winning this race into the middle, avoiding elimination, and justifiably doing so because they've won every freaking checkpoint the whole way through. And as you know, if you've listened the last few weeks, I don't love the idea that, like, They've won every single checkpoint, and all they have to show for it is this little advantage. Even if this little advantage does help them basically secure the win right here, it doesn't feel like enough to me if all the stuff they're doing and how dominant they were through the whole thing. But more on that later. They're the deserving champion. So this is where I feel like they win. I feel like this is the moment where they take it home, but there's still a lot to go after it. Then we do get the balls-in matchup between Bananas and Nani and Jordan and Anissa in its new rules, uh, different rules for balls in than we've seen before, which was a little weird, but I was okay with it. Mostly I liked that they were at least fully explained. If the ball drops, you're done. You just have to get inside the circle and then they have to give up and you put it in, which was the new wrinkle is very strange, a little bit strange at least, that it's just like you've got to get about six feet in front of you. Like, we let you start. They start at the line you're trying to get to. You got to get through about six feet and just fall into that circle, and then they have to let you go and let you get up and put it in. Um, pretty interesting, to say the least. Uh, but I did, I, it was a decent design. I would like to have seen it without so many injured people playing it, possibly, or without people who have been up doing stuff for 90 hours or whatever it had been at this point or 70 or wherever whatever amount they had still done a lot regardless of if they actually worked for 100 hours or not it doesn't matter they were incredibly exhausted and tired so i would like to see a full strength version of with this rules how that would play out 
Nani missing makes sense. All right. So Nani misses twice in a row. She gets by Anissa, no problem, but then like tries to on the run, throw it in and bounces it off twice in a row. It's a little embarrassing, but it's because she's playing by the real rules of balls in. She's like, Anissa is going to catch up and tackle me here. I can't stop and just be like, oh, I made it in. Nice. Calmly put the ball in. No. So the first one makes total sense. She's just like, I got by her, but like, I got to dunk this thing before I get fucking tackled by her. And she misses. The second time is kind of bad. You should be able to like talk yourself through it. And especially not just that, like you need to stop once you get in, but also like you're confidently going to get by Anissa. She's got a bum ankle. You're just, you know, whatever. She doesn't seem to be allowed to like, no one seems to be allowed to like full blown charge right away from the defender standpoint. So maybe that rule wasn't explained, but like, she's confidently like I've had juke left and right three or four times. I run in a little bit of a circle I'm faster, and she's on a bum ankle. Like, this is a wrap. The second time's a bad miss. Nani tackling Anissa, on the other hand, it's the only choice she has. She doesn't do anything dirty. Not 1% dirty. 0%. 100% clean, good, old-fashioned, just I've got to win this, and it is unfortunate that my opponent has a small injury. I also have an injury at this point. It's fair game. It's fine. I appreciate so much that Anissa doesn't give in to the producer's questions because, as always, with confessionals, you always have to remember they're not just saying stuff. They're being asked a question by the producer who is leading them to try to say things that helps, you know, a story they can put up or just, you know, drama they can instill into the thing. They clearly ask her, like, you know, how do you feel? I think we actually hear them say the question, like, how do you feel about Nani going for your legs to tackle you when you've got a hurt ankle? And Anissa, thankfully, Hats off to her for, you know, not being tempted by this and not saying anything otherwise other than like, what else is she supposed to do? She's supposed to tackle me. Like, what what other strategy is there? Like, hey, I have an ankle. You can't tackle me. So therefore, I just get to score the whole time. Like, you know, she I appreciate Anissa for not giving in to the producers who were clearly trying to bait her into like saying some bullshit in that moment. So that's Anissa and Nani for the moment. Bananas versus Jordan. Pretty incredible. Uh, pretty cool that we get to see this 10 years later, basically. I, I didn't look up, but I saw someone uh, uh, someone say that I believe it was exact like 10 years ago that Free Agents was. But the moment on Free Agents, you know, way back when, Jordan's second season, the whole Jordan versus Bananas, you know, all season, he eventually flips all the cards. Bananas beats him. But Bananas wins a balls-in match versus Isaac that season. Jordan says something to him from the side, like, you're lucky it wasn't me in there. Bananas responds back with a not great comment about, like, maybe I'll ruin your other hand or something to that effect. So that was a pretty crazy moment that back then we now get to see a decade later the actual matchup between the two of them in a balls in and it's a huge win for Bananas. Like, this this matters um, in a night that, you know, he doesn't get that elusive eight win. He doesn't get Nani, the, her first win. He does at least get a balls-in victory versus Jordan, which kind of matters a little bit. His elimination record is, like, solid, but not, you know, certainly not what his just winning the season's mat- resume is, obviously. And so having a nice win over Jordan and something that you would think Jordan should maybe be able to beat him at is is a solid win for bananas and Jordan maybe doesn't have it anymore. I'm like the biggest Jordan's the best athlete. Jordan should have been in the goat conversation guy. Like there maybe is. And yeah, uh, he, he lost balls in twice this season, which is something. Cause I would think he'd be pretty good at this game. 
lost to two hell of competitors in Horacio and Bananas, so respectfully. Um, but he's lost a bunch of eliminations now in a row, as we documented when he won finally. You know, he and Anissa won their way back into the game after losing a couple in a row. And, you know, he lost to Mark back on All-Stars. He loses this one here. So he's got the endurance thing next level, as we've talked about multiple times. Like, if he ran this final on his own, and it was any sort of time or anything. Like, that's why they can't put times on. He's, that's one of the, it's not the only reason. But it's one of the reasons they can't put times on this. Because there's a few individuals like a Jordan that are actual endurance athletes now outside of the show. And if this was just timed and they had to do all this running, it would be a joke. It would just be like, well, the, the running portion, Jordan won by two hours over Bananas and Devin or whatever. So, like, how are you going to make up that somewhere else? Anyways. Maybe he doesn't have it on the rest of it, though. Maybe it's just the endurance. Now, I don't know. But all I'm saying is this guy needs to, you know, we need to kind of bring back the 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 dominant Jordan of old. I want to see it again. I know it's still there. He's obviously still got it. He's obviously still a competitor. His partner situation was pretty tough for him and her both this season. By the way, Anissa, absolute champion. Continuing to try. Like, she tore her ACL. I believe it's torn ACL. Like, we know... We kind of, I'd forgotten it throughout the season, but that like in real life, we had seen her, you know, rehabbing a bad knee injury. I believe it was torn ACL. I don't want to misspeak, but uh, I think that's what it was. And that's clearly from maybe this moment here. So absolute badass. Once the ball puts, you know, is clearly hurt in multiple places. Like, nope, still going to give it a try. Hurt it even worse. Saw that one coming. Knew that was coming. Just stared it down. Took it. She's a badass. She's a queen. Please, though. You made the final. You had as good of a partner as you could have. Just go do All-Stars now. That's all That's all we're asking. But you fucking rule. Thank you again for not taking the easy bait from the producers. And you're an absolute badass. Let's move on. The final elimination. Then we're there. It's two teams left. We do the night in the morning at the tent. Those are some nice moments. Again, they're just kind of wasting a lot of time to get to that 100-hour mark and to have it be nighttime again. Do they then have to run the whole maze again? TJ calls them in from the campsite. We see them going in the maze. But, like, do they actually have to run it again and figure it out? Or is it just like, no, you guys can just, like, walk through the corn this time. Uh, we just want to make this little moment of TJ summoning you again. Do they have to wait the entire game day again to do this? Seriously? Like, they just have to sit there the whole day because you want it to be night because, yeah, you set up this incredibly cool, elaborate thing that's all lights and all this kind of stuff. Of course you want it to be night, but, like, could we have just consolidated this into one night or something? I don't know. I didn't. I said I wouldn't say it again, and now here I am. Anyways, this then entirely comes down to the brick puzzle. It's a pretty cool, you know, let's do, let's do four, you know, four eliminations in one kind that some of them had to do with eliminations from earlier in the season, you know, pulling the things out at the beginning through the drywall vessel and Nelson did that earlier. Uh, I forget if this season had the sand thing um, that the chains were a part of something. I think I don't, I don't really know, but it, it doesn't matter because it all comes down to the brick puzzle. Everything else takes significantly less time. Everything else is hard, physically exhausting, takes a little bit of strategy, but none of them take nearly as long of a time as the brick puzzle is going to do by design. That is really the final elimination, just that puzzle. And Devin and Tori ace it. The communication, the planning, the poise, and Bananas and Nani don't. And it's over. It's over quick. Um, and, you know, you saw once once they said that there was some puzzle aspect, because they, they get through the first door and you see bricks, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, just got to move 200 bricks. 
advantage still bananas and nani on this one and then no it's actually a pretty complicated and confusing puzzle it's going to take a lot of strategy and communication and being able to stay calm and collected over a long stretch of time because it's going to take a fucking while to put this thing together and it's like well here we go devonatory one this get ready just start feeling the emotions any emotions that come with devonatory as champions get ready because here it comes and then it does just do that it's kind of a bummer that this is the way this like really crazy cool setup ends that you know we got this amazing field we got some amazing moments out of it again the production value of it is over the top incredible wonderful and then it just kind of comes to this little fizzle at the end where like I feel like it's not as exciting of a moment as I want it to be for Devin and Tori. It's still fantastic, and they wouldn't have it any other way. They just want to fucking win. That's all that matters. But from a TV standpoint, it's kind of like, ah, man. Like, they they fucked up so bad that it's just kind of over right now, and we're just going to fast forward through those other two rooms so that we can see them pull the lever and win. It's kind of a bummer way to end a crazy, cool setup in the field. But Devin and Tori win. They are deserving champions if I've ever seen deserving champions, not just from this season, but from their whole runs in the challenge world. They should have been the top target all season long. It should have been the two of them and Bananas and Nani. Those two teams should have been the only ones anyone cared about, anyone was targeting, anyone saw as a threat. And it didn't, you know, it wasn't really that way. People, they, they definitely got the numbers on their side. The only time we see Devin and Tori in elimination is, smartly, the very first elimination of the season. Way back, way, way, way back. Sam and Kayla could have changed this season in a dramatic way. Way back in night one before Bananas and Nani were even in the house, but they didn't. And yeah, the, the, they should have been viewed as even more of a threat than I feel like they were. They should have been in that top tier, just them, Bananas and Nani. Both of those teams proved why that should have been the case by being the last two there. And Devin and Tori being the most ride or die of the ride or die teams here, of the good teams that, you know, they were the most ride or dies. There's some other legitimate real ride or dies in this season. Obviously, there's you know, relationships and brothers and sisters and all kinds of things. But, um, you know, of the teams that kind of had a real shot to win this, I feel like they were just... All, not only just as good at everything as those teams, but they were just clearly the only ones who were like, we're actual ride or dies who started as people who didn't like each other, but like actually did the thing where we became best friends and not just for TV trying to say we did that. Like we actually did that and now we communicate better than anyone and we trust each other and that got them to win. Also, do I need to go watch Are You The One Second Chances? Can anyone that's watched Are You The One Second Chances? Uh, I totally had forgotten that's where Tori and Devin started knowing each other and i remember now from past seasons when they'd say we hate each other because of this and everything um but uh as someone who uh loves are you the one three iconic didn't watch any of the other seasons still need to watch are you the one five with cam and tori feels like that that's deserved um but should i watch are you the one second chances if you've watched dm me at challenge historian on instagram let me know is it worth checking out just to get a little that, that backstory of Devin and Tori and any otherwise, maybe it's a good season and worth watching regardless of them. So maybe I'll watch that as fucked up of a season as this was for Tori and Jordan. It was really cool that Jordan was there to celebrate Tori. I think, I think that's how I feel. I don't know if that's how I feel. I wonder now with some distance, if that's how Tori feels or not, I, I maybe she'll talk about it. Um, maybe she won't. I don't know. That's her prerogative, but it was pretty nice to see that he was there. Um, 
I think that's 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 what I'm gonna go with for there. It was nice that they brought Jordan and Anissa and Horacio and Olivia back out, which we got all the backstory now. Olivia's sitting there like waiting desperately to go to America to like have the surgery on her face that she desperately needed, but they brought her back out. What a goddamn star and champion she is. Just the fucking best that woman is. So that was cool that they were all there. Um, next, the final thing to touch on here, there's obviously going to be a lot on Devin and Tori in the season recap, including I will do a, is Devin a top 25 male challenger of all time? A few weeks ago, that was posed by him on Twitter. He got roasted for it. I said on the podcast that I would do it next week. I then didn't do it next week because it wasn't the finale episode last week like I thought. Now I'm not doing it again because I want a little more time to think about it, and it's a good segment for the season recap. So on the season recap next week, we will do, is Devin a top 25 male challenger of all time? Hint, hint. I kind of think I'm probably going to end up saying yes, but we shall see. We'll give you a rough full list to see where he might stack up. Tori is for sure top 25 women of all time. I'm uh, not sure where in that list, but I feel pretty confident without writing it out that she's in the top 25 for sure. So we'll do both of those next week on the recap. They give away a bunch of money. They are not told they need to. There's no, you know, there was a slight moment where I thought TJ was maybe going to go with and you're allowed to steal it if you want and like give one of them the choice and it was going to be hilarious that then they both would have been immediately like, no, thank you. We're splitting this. And TJ would have said something to the bananas and we all would have laughed. Um, but instead, there's a different kind of awkward moment with bananas there because Devin announces, hey, CT and Casey did something really cool last season. We'd like to think that it's kind of going to be the new tradition around here. And we want to give 38K to all six of these people that ran the final with us and more or less helped us get to the final in the first place. And I don't know if you did math in your head, 38 by six, that's $228,000. Okay. So they get 770, a nice chunk of change after taxes and then split in half. Not, not anything life chain there's different versions of life changing still a still a couple hundred thousand dollars for each of them still amazing but also amazing given thirty eight thousand dollars to six people giving up 228 giving up 25 percent essentially of that million dollars that you just won that is like damn dude like that's pretty fucking incredible of them and i I wonder if they wouldn't have been recipients of it last season, if they wouldn't have been in that final and just heard about that happening, if they would have still done this or not. Either way, they're amazing people. That's incredible of them. It's incredible that they had also, like, this wasn't like a shock to Tori when Devin says it. Like, they didn't talk this, like, they had talked this through way before. Like, hey, if we win, we're going to do this. This was a conversation they had been having. They knew, they're like, we're going to do 38 a person, then, you know, 38 season, the whole thing. It's really, really incredible. And that Bananas is a recipient of it is hilarious. They should have said except for him. Devin should have at least teased like, no, no except for Bananas. Nani, you get double uh, Bananas, you don't get any. Because remember what you did that one time and I was there. It was awkward. I don't, you know, so you don't get it. Nani, you get double. He should have given one of those. He could have went back on it. Could have just been a joke. You know, he's great at jokes, but I don't know. Or maybe Bananas should have turned down his money, given it to Nani. Would that have been even worse? I don't It probably would have been. So it's probably best that Bananas just kept his mouth shut. But they did They did show Bananas a couple times. Obvious reasons why when uh, that moment was going down. Team Dave is great. They're wonderful people. They're champions. Devin is, I think, definitively, I will say this, 
right now, Devin is the best at doing this show. We've said it a couple times throughout the season that he's one of, and he's gotten so good at it. But now the best at being on the challenge, Devin is right there, top tier. I don't know who's with him. If you want to split hairs, like who's actually number one right now at doing, being on the show, being on the challenge, but he's in tier A with whoever else you want to throw in that tier. He's just so good at this show. Now, not like the competition part, like being on the challenge. You know what I mean? I've talked about it a lot all season. Tori is a champion. She should have been on War of the Worlds too. It's always such a bummer that, you know, they cut off a couple team members right there at the end of that her and Jordan didn't technically cap it off at both with a win together in the end she could have even won other seasons but deserving champion long time coming love seeing it love 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 both of them winning first time I ever predicted a season winner correctly too which you know pat myself on the back for that let's hand out a couple awards Best quote award. There's only going to be one nominee because the other nominee, I just bumped down to the best moment instead of quote. So the best quote, I really appreciated Devin's little monologue going into what turned into going into a commercial break when he said, quote, and this is two parts. Part of it, he says in person at the campsite to Tori in the morning and then completes the rest of the thought via confessional at a later date. He says, quote, this is what we came here for. Seven seasons, seven finals between us. Not a ring. Like, it's time. This is the matchup you've all been waiting for. Devin and Tori starving, budding superstars, looking for a win. Bananas and Nani, a seven-time champion, and someone that's been at it for over a decade without a ring. You can't write this, and I'm fired up. And I was fired up after. I, I admit, I, it was like a good little little setup speech. You know, they clearly asked him, like, hey, set up. Set up what's going down. You know, it's it's your you two versus those two. What's the situation? And he delivers that. It's very good. I, I got fired up as he was fired up in the moment. So quote of the week and uh, probably the Dan Renzi Award. Spoiler alert is probably going to go to Devin. We shall see. Devin versus Olivia in the confessional booth is a battle for that award. We will do that next week. Best moment of this one. The reveal of the arena. That's nominee number one. The little talks, nighttime morning talks between the final two teams, I did really just like those two teams, getting to see them kind of spend that time together. That was really nice. Nominee number three, this is the other one that could have been a quote, but I moved to the best moment. Tori, when her and Devin get there and they're just standing with TJ waiting for the other teams to come, quote, I'm going to fart. Oh, I peed a little. Sorry. <laughs> His chest. Loved that moment. Devin and TJ just don't even flinch. No, no reaction to Tori's fart slash pee. And yeah, just love, loved all of it. The ball's in nominee number four, the men's half, at least the women's half was really sad. Uh, let's be honest. It was really sad. It was tough to watch, but the men's half, if we could have just seen that and we didn't have to see all the injuries and the really sad half, then the men's half was pretty, really fun and interesting and cool. And so nominee fifth and final nominee. And obviously the winner, the moment Tori and Devin win. Loved it. The montage after. My, my, I, I love the end of season montages. This one was like, it was a B. It wasn't the best ever by any means. It was a B. It was pretty It was pretty good. It deserves to be right in the middle of, you know, tier two, the B category. But uh, love, love the end season montage. Look back. Best needle drop. Wow. They stuffed a lot of them in this episode. They stuffed a lot of them in the end. Quickly here. Boom by P.O.D. during Balls In. The best by Tina Turner when saying goodbye to Jordan and Nisa. Crawling in the Dark by Hoobastank when they were pulling the things through the drywall. One headlight by the Wallflowers during the brick portion. Here's to the Night by Eve Six to begin the celebration in Float On by Modest Mouse to end the celebration slash episode. Especially when they finished this music 
of the season, right where they started, right where they've been the whole time, just early to mid 2000s, kind of like indie rock pop emo, just hitting all of us like 28 to 35 year olds in all of the feels of all the music we listened to in middle school and banging out the end of the season with Hoobastank, Wallflowers, Eve Six, Modest Mouse was something else. So for the final time, hats off to the music producer or person or people or whoever was making these decisions. Uh, the final award, I'm going to go with Here's to the Night by Eve Six. That one got me bad at the beginning of the celebration, uh, but all of these were wonderful. Boom, during Balls In was pretty spectacular too, but I'll give it to Eve Six. As for the episode MVP, Shout out to Olivia and Horacio for showing up, coming back, getting a couple confessionals in, getting that episode appearance in, getting those stats up, you know. And again, for Olivia to just, gee, I mean, is she going to win MVP of the season? Is that going to happen next week? Is I am, I mean, she's the rookie of the year, obviously. Um, and but like, is a rookie going to win rookie of the year and season MVP? Because it might happen. It might happen. So obviously deserve that they brought her back out, even if they should have been getting her to, you know, America to have the surgery that she would eventually go have. Um, Jordan and Issa, shout out. TJ, shout out. Another final awesome performance from him. Bananas and Nani. But of course, the winners are the winners. Tori and Devin. It's really wonderful. I know people have conflicting feelings about both of them and certainly the alliance they've been in. I have even come all the way around to being pretty tired of that alliance myself throughout this season, but longstanding fan of both. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I love it. I'm, I'm very happy they won. Uh, it feels right. I love having new champions as well. We haven't had a season with total brand new champions in quite a while. We've had some new champions mixed with a, you know, reigning champion, you know, Jenny West winning on total madness, but bananas as well. So one and one, Casey with CT, Amber with CT. So we've had some first timers, but with the old Wiley vets. So it's nice to see two people who have been the face of the franchise, whether you like it or not, for the last few seasons and certainly are now getting their win, riding off into the sunset. And by sunset, I mean the Challenge World Championships, which of course they will be participating in. And yeah, that's that's next on the docket. That's all for this season. We covered it. We saw the win. It was wonderful. Took 19 episodes to get here, but hey, the more the better, even if they could have cut a lot of it out or shown different stuff, you know, that's why we always have critiques, but we'll always love more. The Challenge Rider Dies is in the books. We will be back next week one more time to talk about season recap, maybe two more times because depending, this reunion does look pretty fiery and it was heard in the social media streets. Like it seemed like a lot possibly went down. There are a good amount of things worth talking about from this season that I think they'll get the cast to go in. So we'll watch the reunion episodes the next couple of weeks. We'll maybe touch on those, but no matter what, we'll be back next week. Season recap, the MVP, can Olivia do it? Can she pull it off? Is Devin a top 25 male challenger of all time? Who is the Dan Renzi award winner between those two people? We're mostly, mostly just going to be talking about Devin and Olivia. Probably a lot, probably most of the time, but all the awards will be handed out. We'll cover everything one final time. That'll be next week. World Championships start two weeks after that. We'll be covering it. Survivor starts here in a couple weeks. We'll be covering that with Paige over on Most Likely 2. Challenge UK will be dropping. We're going to maybe get some more cast interviews lined up. Who knows? All kinds of crazy, fun, cool stuff coming. So, as always, hit that rate, review, 
Drop us a five-star rating if you don't mind. Those help a lot, a lot, a lot. Hit that automatic download button. Get in touch with me over on Instagram at Challenger Story. And if you want to talk anything challenge-related, I am always here. And with that, thank you so much for being here and listening. I will talk to you again next week. Until then, peace. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.